Welcome to Eat This Scroll, a University Fellowship Church podcast. My name is, and always is, as always, Chris Moore. We get together about twice a week to share what we've been chewing on in God's word, what has been encouraging us or challenging or convicting us in hopes that it offers some value to your life and what you're you're in the middle of right now, an encouragement for you. So this week we've got Lou Hines. Hello, Lou. Hey, Chris. Welcome. <laughs> Thanks. Glad to be here. Welcome to the recording booth. Yeah. I.e. my office. Yeah. Your office. I love it. You know what I haven't thought about in <laughs> like six to nine months? What? <laughs> my old office, the closet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Remember that? I do. Well, actually, yeah. When you said recording booth. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it'd be kind of neat to have a recording booth. I was like, oh, wait, that's actually like your old office. <laughs> it's like a channel, <laughs> just yeah. a narrow hallway that I lived in. Um, so happy, very much appreciative to be in this office. Uh, big improvement. Lou, we ask all of our guests to come with some real substance, some biblical nourishment. And I yeah. see you've got your Bible there. I sure do have my Bible hand, So here. I bet we're going to get into it. We are. What do you got for me? <laughs> okay. So we, <laughs> just, okay. Uh, yeah. So I was doing my morning devotional mm-hmm. uh, and I was in first John um, and first John, actually, I think I say this a, a lot, but first John is like one of my favorite portions of scripture. Like when I think of, I mean, I love the Psalms. Mm-hmm. I said that countless times yeah but um when i'm thinking like new testament one of my favorite letters books is first john okay and the themes there in of light darkness love hate um this idea of like knowing god and it's it's like a very tangible um kind of expression Mm -hmm. of it so i thought i would just i don't have any crazy insights right but Figured we could just have a conversation about First John. Yes. So I'm buckled up and ready to go. Buckle up. First <laughs> uh, John four okay. is where I was at uh, in specifically verses seven through twelve. So I'll go ahead and read it. Beloved, and that's us. Let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. There you go. Lots of love and one $5 word. Propitiation. There you go. <laughs> I sounded like a robot when I said it. Propitiation. Uh, yeah. So, um, like I said, I really do enjoy the, the book of First John. Um, and one of those being because of the, this theme of love. Um, I mean, even how he starts this section, beloved, those who are loved of God. Um, and he goes on to say, let us love one another. And the whole reason for that 
is because love is from God. And some other themes that occur in first John are this idea of like, you're either born from God or you're a child or you're born of Satan. And then what, what is the markers of that? Well, one of them mm-hmm. is love. And he, you know, he says, I mean, that's pretty, um, pretty like strong language in my mind. Yeah. You know? And so he says, whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's the famous saying in here, because God is love, you know? Um, and so this idea of, uh, of, being a child of God as evidenced by my love mm-hmm. um, and our love for one another. Cause he's writing to, he's writing to followers of Jesus, you know? Yeah. Um, and I like to think of, and I think we've talked about this before. Sorry, I feel like I'm doing a lot of talking, but that's all right. I guess I'll I'm, get a question there. Don't you okay, worry. Good. We'll barge right, right in. Fine. <laughs> um, that I think we've talked about this before, but love being, um, an indicator of spiritual health mm-hmm. because man, if, if God is love and love is from God, the idea that the, um, the more I am like God, the more that I will love. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, and so then, man, I just, ap- just apply that to my own life. Like, am I, Am I being loving? Do I need to be spending more time with God to be made more in his image? All this kind of stuff. And that's that's a pretty good indicator of where am I at? You know, it's like a, it's like a spiritual barometer, mm-hmm. like a spiritual, um, uh, thermostat. Yeah. But thermostat, like I was thinking thermostat. Sorry, not thermostat. What is the other thermometer? One? Thermometer. <laughs> yes. Oh man. Spiritual thermometer. <laughs> um, yeah. Scripture se- seems to have lots of examples of, that kind of measuring stick. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think some ways we're tempted to look at a measuring stick negatively. We think that it'll be abused or like somebody will say, well, look how loving I am. I must be, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. or they'll look at somebody in the world and say, well, look at how loving X, Y, and Z person was. They didn't know Christ. They didn't know. But I think, you know, when we think about it in the context of what is scripture saying about what love is in and of itself, mm-hmm. like this isn't just an affection. This isn't just a, no holds bar uh, uh, affirmation of another individual. Mm-hmm. There's a lot involved in here. Um, then we start to uh, have an accurate gauge to compare our lives to and go, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. you know, am I, am I cynical? Am I critical? Am I aggressive? Am I these things? Um, or can you see love surrounded by truth and mm-hmm. patience and goodness and grace and all the other fruits of the spirit? Um, and I think it's interesting that he's laying out a logical argument. Like he's saying, because you were loved, Mm -hmm. then love, because love finds its source in God, who is the means of all things to -hmm. begin with. So, and I, I don't know, is it in first John where he talks about, um, if you, if you walk in the light or if you're of the light, then walk in the light. Mm -hmm. What does light have Mm -hmm. to do with darkness? And or if you say you have no sin in you, mm-hmm. you've deceived yourself. So it seems like John has kind of a theme of <laughs> mm-hmm. saying, hey, um, here are some items to measure up to. Mm-hmm. Not as a means of 
accomplishing salvation on our own Mm -hmm. abilities. But yeah. um, So in what ways do you see this as a helpful tool as you're navigating your own daily life? Hmm. Well, I think of it and, and maybe like on a day-to-day basis, but like, what is my general trajectory? I think we all have bad days where we wake up on the wrong side of the bed and maybe we're like a little more grumpy. I've had one once. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That one time. Pretty bad. (laughs) Don't ask my wife. Don't talk to her. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but am I generally becoming a more loving person in this? Mm -hmm. I mean, we talked about this idea of love that it's more than just like an affection Mm -hmm. or an emotion. But I mean, like twice he describes what love is. He gives the definition of it that, that the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent Jesus into the world so that Mm -hmm. we might live. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, um, that was a very prime, the prime example. Yeah. And then he goes on to say in verse 10, and this is love, not that we have loved God, but that God has loved us. And so, um, and you know, Romans says that while we were yet enemies with God, Mm -hmm. that God loved us. And Jesus tells us to love our enemies, you know, like, so there's going to be those people that we disagree with, or we find ourselves at odds with, and everybody finds it easy to love the people who are like lovable yeah. towards us. And the pagans do that. Right. Who mm-hmm. treat us with kindness and grace and mercy, but it's should be the follower of Jesus who treats everybody mm-hmm. um, uh, with love. Um, and in, in particular the enemies, because that's what, God did for mm-hmm. us, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so then in my own life, then I think, okay, am I, am I becoming a more loving person? And I think it's important to think through like, okay, those people that I disagree with who are my enemies, how am I treating them? Am I praying for blessing for them? Am I trying to, um, show them the love of God. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's one way, but then also I think of just those people in like my day to day existence who I know are always going to love me. I'm talking about like my family. You're not talking about me. Why? I mean, you too. Sure. All right. No, it's okay. We'll edit this out. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) But we always, we're more comfortable with our family Mm -hmm. and we show our true selves. I mean, like they get the worst of us. Everybody thinks that they're great until they get married and then they realize they're not so hot. And Um, then they have kids. And then they realize that, man, they're really horrible. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I am really selfish. Yeah. I was a jerk to a four year old. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But how are we treating them? Because really there is no like, yeah, like if I, if I, you know, if I'm grumpy with my kids, there's like no necessary like ramification. Yeah. Like if I'm mean to, let's say Brett, my boss. Fired. Yeah, or mm-hmm. any number of like I potential so wrong many, things. Yeah, so many complaints <laughs> against me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think he puts them in a shredder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's much more severe consequences. Yeah. So I think, okay. How am I treating my family? Because I think those 
The people you treat who are closest to you is going to be a good indication of how you treat those who are farther removed. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we're just, we're just honest. We're more who we are. Yeah. With our family. The curtain is thinner there. The veil is thinner. Yeah. <laughs> Between the real Lou. Um, I, I don't know if it's here, so please correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like a, a, an important component of this text is the strange curiosity of the verse that says, no one has seen God. Yeah. And where my mind immediately goes, so I want you to jump in and tell me if I'm committing a heresy or something. Sure. Is they will know us by our love. That we, if we are of our father, we will look like our father mm-hmm. because we share the traits of him. So it's through God's people mm-hmm. that the world witnesses God yeah. in, in a measure, obviously, a okay. much smaller measure, mm-hmm. which brings me back to Eden and the, the responsibility of mankind to be image bearers and ambassadors and tiny little mirrors who reflect their father's face in heaven. Mm-hmm to the world around them. So when I see that verse, nobody has seen God. You think that's what we're getting at here is that nobody's seen God face to face. What they're actually seeing is all these broken little mirrors mm. who are the means in which people can see God. Am I onto something or my off base? Uh, I think so. I mean, so you're saying what he's saying is that no one has ever seen God just are reflections of him. Yeah. Cause to me, and again, this is my first time reading mm-hmm. this. I didn't sit, I didn't study this text beforehand. Sure. Um, or my first time reading it in the setting. Yep, yep. And so I'm thinking that verse is weird, That that seems to be saying something beyond what it, uh, what it seems to be saying on the first read. So in this, huh. in this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation. Uh-huh. Nope. It's before that. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Um, beloved, if God so loves us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Yeah. So ergo facto, ipso facto, I don't know the Latin for that. <laughs> <laughs> that that is the world's means of seeing God through his little images. Sure. Yeah. And primarily through the exercise of love, which again, isn't limited to our secular view of what love is. Yeah. No, that's, and that's, um, that's actually the majority that I spent my quiet time on mm-hmm. this morning was, um, the last part, because you have in verse 11, he says, beloved, um, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. He's talking about Christian brothers and sisters. Um, and then he says, no one has, and you just said this, no one has ever seen God. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he's making an argument. And then he says, if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. And this idea that while no one has ever seen God face to face, um, what he is saying though, is that when we are loving one another, that the world gets to see God in Mm -hmm. a sense, Mm -hmm. because God is abiding in us. And there's this, he says, his love is perfected in us. I'm not sure that that carries like the same idea that we have when we think of like perfection, Mm -hmm. I would probably be, and I haven't done a word study, but I would probably be more inclined to think that this is like 
um, that it's like complete or it's like full. Yeah. Um, and that's how God is seen and tangibly felt, you know? Um, and then obviously as like, uh, the worship pastor, I'm thinking of like, man, what does this look like on a Sunday morning? This should be, and I think it is, but like a desire for our gatherings that they be places of, of love. I think of the good fight when a college student walks, you know, in off of campus into Lilith's one twelve or wherever they're meeting, mm-hmm. um, that they would know the love of Christ. There'd be something different about that gathering than the party that they just went to on right. Friday night. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would be a good different. And so, and he's saying that we have a tremendous privilege and responsibility that man, that they will know God like on the verge of like seeing God face to face by our love. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's amazing. Right. But then holy crap, like that's scary because yeah, you know, we fail and, and um, so, so on one sense we should be honored that we get to do that. But in another sense, we should take that very seriously mm-hmm. um, in our love towards one another. You know, one parable that comes to my mind, which seems connected to this in sure. principle, at least is the parable that the, the uh, <laughs> my mind just went blank. The parable of the forgiven debt. Okay. And how the King had forgiven the one man's debt. Mm-hmm. And then he went and throttles another guy who owes him a pittance comparatively. Yeah. And when the King finds out, he throws the first guy in jail and is like, that's it. That's a wrap. Uh-huh. You're not getting out until every single little dime is paid off. Mm-hmm. And how that hypocrisy is so, the consequences it bears are so severe because if, if this is true, mm-hmm. then um, something like um, the, the commandment to not take the Lord, your God's name in vain really bear, bears some serious consequences mm-hmm. because we take the Lord's name in vain when we operate in a way that is contrary to his love, because that is the way that the world mm-hmm. then sees him and then brings dishonor on him yeah. by our lives. Right. Which is why the world seems to have such an issue. Well, not the only reason, but you know, hi- hypocrite is probably w- mm-hmm. one of the most common words after the word Christian in the yeah. secular world <laughs> stage. And I can't help but think it's because mm-hmm. they're expecting yeah, and maybe not cognitively, but there is an expectation that if we call ourselves these things, mm-hmm. it carries with it some serious implications. And when we not just fail because we're human, but like utterly mm-hmm. operating contrary to what mm-hmm. that should be, yeah, um, that provides some mm-hmm. serious cognitive dissonance. <laughs> yeah, and just like you were talking about with that parable, he the the steward had been forgiven much, but then he didn't forgive the same holds true for here. And that's the same argument that he uses because he says, I mean, he's saying that these are all the ways that you've been loved. So we also ought to love one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's also, I think why it's so important that he, he continually comes back to beloved. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, it's not just like, it's not just like a colloquialism, like right. brother or sister. It's, yeah. it's like, no, you need to understand that you are loved by God. Right. It's and, an identity and a state of being. Yeah. And it's, it is crucial because if you don't 
recognize, understand, or able to accept in an increasing fashion the love that God has for you, then um, you're going to be operating out of a faulty image of God. Mm -hmm. And then you won't be able to love like you are loved. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? So um, you're saying that you are limited in your capacity to love others in a biblical way we're talking about here in first John by your own understanding of your beloved nature, the condition in which you are beloved by God. I think it affects that for sure. And I think that we don't, we don't have to, we can, um, we can also influence that by loving. Mm -hmm. Right. So like, um, let's say I, I had a great dad, but let's say I didn't have a great dad. Um, I don't have to be limited necessarily by that. I can, I can, I can choose to be a good father for my kids. And so come to understand how my heavenly father treats me. So Mm -hmm. I can still love other people, but there is nonetheless something incredibly important about knowing and experiencing the love of Christ. Like Paul talks about, um, he prays that for, Oh, what church is it? Is it the Ephesians? I want to say it's the Ephesians, but he prays that the the eyes of their heart may be enlightened, that they may increasingly know the love of Christ. Mm-hmm. So like that is integral to, to being a follower of Jesus and to loving uh, as he loved um, to, to know that uh, and to experience that. So mm-hmm. that's yeah, good. Anywho, anyways, that's just what I was chewing on this morning. I love it. Well, let me summarize with an application. Yeah. And you can chime in if I've missed something. Sure. That as believers, we can go about our daily lives examining our capacity for the love of those around us. And as we identify deficits, then we turn to better grasp how we've been loved by the Heavenly Father and use that as the fuel to love others and represent Christ and the love that we've received on. Yeah. And I, you know, uh, Yes, and I would add that I I really enjoy talking about spiritual disciplines, spiritual formations. Mm-hmm. I think this is why spiritual disciplines are so important. Things like silence and solitude, because we're able to step outside of um, the current of our culture and our world mm-hmm. just long enough to um, remember, um, acknowledge, accept, um, imbibe. I can't think of like a great word. Yeah. Um, the love that God has for us. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that's why, I mean, I talked about like my, my daily devotional time this morning and there's a reason why I'm going to first John four and this whole idea of like beloved. And I, I do that in the morning before I start my day so that hopefully I can then better love people once I know and remind myself that I am loved. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yeah. So like turning to the disciplines, I think that's, why the disciplines are so important. Um, yeah. yeah. To illustrate that, I think of uh, the moment that I get in the car and I've had a, you know, maybe I've been kind of a jerk to my family or to my mm-hmm. wife, or I said something impatient. I just wasn't happy with that. The moment I get in my car and separate, then I mm-hmm. start thinking because yeah. I'm outside of the current, like you described. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that makes perfect sense as a tool for, yeah, for getting a good read on yourself. For sure. All right. Well, Lou, I love it. <laughs> See what I did there? That was good. It was clever. You love it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. A little slow on the uptake. I got it. I love you love. 
love. <laughs> There's a song I'll tell you about. But um, as far as listeners at home or in your car, wherever you're at, um, we always need a reminder on how to love well and why we love. And this is the reminder of the fact that we were loved and the fact that that's unconditional and that that can inform and empower our ability and our capacity to love others. And through loving others, we actually get to reveal the love of God to the world around us. So take some time, um, think about what is going on in your life and how you have exercised love and turn the music off in your car. Maybe you're going to walk and ask the Lord, like, what areas are you struggling in and what do you need to understand better about God's love for you? So hopefully that was an encouragement to you and we will get you guys on the next episode. Bye. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you to our guests for coming and sharing what they've been chewing on in God's word. We produce these podcasts and release them twice a week. So please subscribe so you don't miss out on one. And don't forget, love God, love your neighbor and make disciples. 